happy weekend, everyone. Welcome to the Texas Values Report. I'm Mary Elizabeth Castle, and I'm the Senior Policy Advisor for Texas Values. We're so excited today because we have a very special guest, a true friend to Texas Values, a strong warrior for parental rights, um, Lee Wands-Gons. Welcome to the report. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> thanks, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, of course. And I don't think we've had you on our radio show before, or have we? No, not yet. Okay, good. Well, we're always glad to have new guests, but you've been really active for a long time. And I just want to introduce to our listeners a little about you and about what you've been doing in the past couple of years. So Lee Wands-Gons is a local of South Lake um, she got a wake up call whenever her school district became woke. And while she was always aware of parental rights issues and things going on in the political sphere, it was about August 2020 when Carol ISD proposed a cultural competence plan that was filled with LGBTQ issues and many harmful ideologies and practices. So Lee and other South Lake parents were able to mobilize the community and stop the adoption of the plan while also revealing the dishonesty of the school board. And now Carol ISD is becoming more reflective of the community thanks to Lee and the organizations of South Lake families. So we're so glad to have Lee on. And I just want to go back to when we first became well acquainted with each other. And I know we saw each other at convention and other things, but it was really August 2020 when we started working with the with the with each other. And we were working on an issue in South Lake. So talk a little bit about what was going on in South Lake, Texas. Absolutely. So I've uh, been very involved in activism and Republican conservative politics for 34 years. But when uh, South Lake Carroll ISD proposed the CCAP, which was a CRT laden, just leftist plan of indoctrination and um, critical race theory was um, in every page. Um, it really woke people up. Um, no one knew about it, however, and um, what what I did was simply publish it, and I just did a landing page, not even a not even a web page, and um, just started putting ads out there and targeting South Lake residents. And literally, I didn't have to spin anything. I I just cut and paste verbiage from this CCAP cultural competency action plan. Some of the things like um, making kids um, admit their white privilege, like um, um, punishing microaggressions, intended, unintended, verbal, nonverbal. It was a horrible document, punishing children. And it literally said that they wanted this documented throughout their entire scholastic year. And some of the extremists were proposing to also submit to future colleges or future employers was oh, really wow. just a, a, a liberal hit list for conservatives, right? So I published it hoping uh, if I could get like 300 people involved or active to go to school board meetings and talk, that would be a huge success because in my town, um, as in many towns, the school board was a social club and no one spoke against it and um, no one was aware. So when I just put this out on social media, again, thinking 300 would be a huge success. Within 48 hours, I had 3,000 oh, wow. sign. 
And so from there, I was just, I had the ability to push the entire plan, links to the plan, the school district would move the link. So I hard embedded it into email so they couldn't move it. Um, it was it was quite a movement and we, and we had an army. And I, when we first met, Mary Elizabeth, um, you guys came to Southlake on that famous August 3rd school board meeting and testified and um, really just showed up from the beginning. And I don't know that I've ever adequately thanked you guys for that, but that meant the world to us. Yeah, well, we're happy to get involved anytime we can, but like you mentioned, that plan was egregious. I remember there was even a hotline, right, that students could call if they felt a microaggression and there was no type of due process. And if you called that hotline, that student would get in trouble. And like you said, it would go on their record, something that could be carried on to college and beyond for the rest of their lives. So it was a very egregious plan. And we're happy that we were able to get involved. But I think what's really unique about South Lake and the work that you're doing is how you were able to empower parents to really get involved. Um, we love coming to testify and coming to help parents do what they can, but we're really proud of South Lake parents for, you know, taking the torch and continuing to fight these issues. And with that said, you know, many parents feel lost when it comes to going to these school board meetings or getting involved in their children's education. Explain to our listeners how you started South Lake Families. You know, it started with you sharing the emails with the link, but how did you start the actual South Lake Families group and Twitter page? Well, actually, as, as many uh, movements do, leaders just kind of rise to the top. So Tim O'Hare and I, um, launched the pack and several people showed up with these incredible skills from a legal committee and um, a publicity committee and all of that. We uh, held an event and um, Alan West came and spoke at it. And as you know, he's a fabulous motivational speaker. Um, and we had 400 people show up and about 200 people mad at us because the only reason we had 400 people show up was because we were COVID limited on the space. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Um, so that's kind of was the big launch. We just passed around a clipboard and had people sign up and, and just continue to inform, engage, give people speaking points. You know, people who had never even been to a school board meeting were showing up and speaking because they had the talking points. They had the CCAP plan was really a gift on a silver platter for us because it was it was like, here's your gift of proof of CRT in your school district. So it, the left actually made it pretty easy for us. What I'm really proud of is um, I will tell you for 10 years, I've been trying to get our school board more conservative and myself and and, and our we are very good family friends with the Tim, with the O'Hares, um, Tim and Kristen. We'd be the only ones that would show up and testify against tax increases and all of those kind of things. So the fact that we had hundreds of people and, and really thousands that signed up, but hundreds very active, um, it was just a blessing to me, made my job a lot easier. That was my volunteer job, by the way. Um, and my goal, I mean, I'm 55 years old. My goal is to get some of these young parents active, engaged, um, educated on the process, how to win elections, how to fight for what's right. The most important aspect, though, that I try to point out 
is with any political fight, you, if you really get down to it, it's not political. It's spiritual. And um, one of our most important committees was the prayer team. And we were attacked, I mean, from people driving by my house with bullhorns. Um, one of our biggest volunteers, her 14-year-old child, received a text saying, I can't wait to look at your face while I put my seven-inch blade in your mother's throat. We got that stuff every week, every week. But we had a prayer team that covered us and gave us strength and lifted us up. And, you know, conservatives have to stick together better. And we did. And it was that when you saw a 70-30 victory um, in that May school board election, that was evidence of that. Wow, that's amazing. And like you said, it can get really tough when we're talking about education for children. It should be something that we're all on the same page for. Uh, but you have these extreme ideologies coming into the school district and the people who represent those ideologies. A lot of times uh, they have really aggressive tactics and they don't want to listen to our our side or our conservative ideals. So it can be very intense and it can be a spiritual battle, especially when you're talking about wanting your child to still be able to express their Christian beliefs in schools, still have an education that allows them to still receive Christian education, even if it's a public school, it can be very intense as a parent. So I congratulate you all for including prayer and you know, really standing up for what you believe in as parents. But you touched on something that I did want to talk about, and that's changing the school board itself. Because a lot of parents, they get so used to fighting the school board, thinking, oh, they have to be extremists forever. It's a hard, you know, hill to climb. It's a hard fight. I'll never get someone on there who thinks like I do. But you and South Lake parents were actually able to flip the school board and make it more reflective of your community. Describe how you were able to do that and tell our viewers how they can do that in their area of Texas. Absolutely. I think the most important thing for people passionate about this issue is to know that this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. This isn't a one and done. And even if you just make a small progress, just keep putting one foot in front of the other. So that first election, we took two seats um, out of seven. However, the, that summer, just months later, we had another school board member who was quite liberal move to Dallas, um, which is a good place for him. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so we insisted on a special election for that third seat. And I'll tell you why that's a big deal. Um, the liberal school board members we've been fighting have all were all um, appointed. They would schedule res people resigning to where they were in, within the legal period in the law of where the board could appoint their replacement. And so you say, well, that's fine because they have to be elected when that comes around. Well, as we all know, it's a lot easier to get elected as an incumbent than oh, as a sure. new person. So. When we found out that gentleman was uh, resigning, we uh, put a full court press on. The talking points were, we want an election. We want our voice to be heard. So we got the third spot. Now, there was a gentleman already there. So when we got that third spot, that really gave us four out of seven. <clears throat> and so what we're doing now is um, working for... Um, two more spots. One is that special election running again. 
Okay. Uh, but then we have uh, two other spots in addition to that coming up. So this May, we have two positions on the ballot, one that's already run and another one. That will take us to, um, to the four, five spots this May out of seven. The following year, the remaining two spots are up for election. So you, you have to think long-term. This isn't a one and done. It's never gonna end. Um, also, I, I'd like to point out the long-term. My kids are not in public school. I took my kids out 10 years ago. My encouragement to people, whether you're homeschool, private Christian school like my family, when you look at the news and you see Antifa marching in the streets and you say, how can so many young Americans be so lost and hate America? It's because people like us pulled out of public school and left it to the leftists. And our kids are not going to be the majority in society. Those public school kids are going to be the majority in society. And it is a mission field, even if our kids aren't in it. Our tax dollars go to it. It is our responsibility as Americans and as Christians to have the most American public school system that we can possibly get. And it requires people who homeschool and um, are in private Christian school to also remain in that fight and work hard to protect all of our kids. No, that's very good because I hear from some people all the time, well, my kids are out of school or I'm just a grandparent. But like you said, when you see these things on TV, when you hear these kids saying these anti-American ideals or these LGBTQ ideals, um, you have to wonder where it's coming from. It's coming from the public schools. And you can sit back and say, well, my kids are okay, or I don't have kids, or, you know, I'm a grandparent, but it's really important to think that this is our future, like you said. Uh, all of these kids, they're going to be the people who are, you know, working at the stores, they're going to be in the businesses, they're going to be working with, alongside your children as well, or maybe in the hiring process of your children as well. So it's very important that we're putting all kids on the right track and we're standing up for Christian ideals, even in the public school and not leaving those child, those children to the whims of all these leftist ideologies. So I think that's very important that if you're just a citizen who's concerned about what's going on with kids these days and what they're learning, then you can get involved at the school board meetings as well. That's right. That's right. It's really, it's really important. I firmly believe that um, the left has known for a long time. I mean, this, this takeover of our schools by the left has been going on since the 50s. And um, conservatives are just now waking up to it. I always say it's never too late as long as you're breathing. So as long as we're breathing, we can still try to save this and make a difference. And I firmly believe the only way to save our country is to take our public schools back from the leftist ideologies and the people who hate America. That's absolutely right. Now let's talk a little bit about what you've seen in these leftist ideologies as far as specifics. So what have you seen in regards to critical race theory, sex education, um, gender ideology happening in Southlake and other public schools? 
Well, in just our neighboring district in Keller ISD, the book, a, a mom found the book Gender Queer in the library. And that is graphic, graphic depictions, not just words, but um, illustrations of gay sex, oral sex, um, instructions on how to do all of the above. Um, it is really horrific. So the left, you may notice, is distancing themselves from critical race theory because they've learned, you know, in Virginia and in South Lake um, and in cities across the nation that it's a losing battle, that parents are showing up and standing up and fighting for their kids. They've moved to call people who don't want pornography in schools book burners because they think that's, a, that's the winning yeah. slogan of the day. We, uh, we have a, um, a candidate in South Lake right now who um, literally has a campaign photo. It's one of her campaign advertisements in front of a bunch of books. And she has a T-shirt that says Freedom. And that's the F-R-E-A-D-O-M. That is a liberal movement. And one of those books in the stack in the advertisement is Gender Queer, which has these horrific pornographic images. Even conservatives who are 100% against the book banning or book burning, as they call, they look at this book and their mouth drops open. People have no idea what's really in their schools. And unless they go look, they're never going to see it. You and I, I am much older than you. We never had this in schools. I'm, I'm a result of public I school. I, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I couldn't have got my hands on that if I looked for it. This is purposefully pushed in front of our kids. And I will tell you during our experience, the one thing I want to be really clear about is we had so many, I had so many teachers reach out to me privately, many in tears saying, I'm only staying because I, I have three more years to retire. I'm only staying because I'm trying to protect these kids from the wall that they're pushing on them. But thank you for what you're doing. Please keep it up, but I can't say anything publicly. And, wow. and uh, honestly, most of the material that we got in this whole uh, campaign came from the teachers because they are being, you know, they're those woke teachers that only want to push this ideology, but there are a lot of really good teachers who don't, they know this is harmful to kids. They know that this uh, sexual, uh, the sexualization of children is scarring for life and you can't unsee things. The normalization of pedophilia in the schools, the normalization of homosexuality in schools. I always say, you know, this is not about heterosexuality or homosexuality. I say, stop trying to sexualize our six-year-olds. Right. It's really insanity what's happening in the schools right now. Right, exactly. And you hosted a showing of the documentary Mind Polluters um, in South Lake. And that's a very descriptive documentary educating parents about what's happening in the schools in regards to the sexualization of children. Talk a little bit about why you think that's so important for parents and even elected officials to watch that documentary. Well, I do want to point out that um, I, I wear several hats and I have several roles. I still run the South Lake Families PAC, 
on my volunteer time between, you know, 8 p.m. and 2 a.m. But I work for Patriot Mobile. I'm the vice president of their government and public affairs. And that that was an educational program. And we're putting on more for our local community. We felt like the Mind Polluters movie was so important. And um, it was very eye-opening for a lot of people. And the we're going to have another movie coming up um, in April, which is Whose Children Are They?, which is another really eye-opening movie. Um, we're going to keep doing those things at Patriot Mobile because we feel like it's our responsibility as a conservative Christian mobile phone company to um, help engage, inform, and involve our local citizens. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we have five minutes left and I'm going to close with some comments. But before that, I just want to thank you, Lee, for coming on our radio show. Uh, This won't be the last time, hopefully, that you're on our radio show and we'll get information out to people in your area so they can know about that showing of whose children are they. Um, And if you have any closing comments, feel free to share those right now. I just want to thank you guys at Texas Values, you and Jonathan, you guys are my heroes. Um, the, um, whose children are they is April 21st. I will shoot you a link so that you can send it to all your folks and we'd love to have you. All right. Sounds great. Thank you so much, Lee. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, we have a few closing comments before we end the show today. Of course, the state board of education met this week and we'll be sending out an update on what happened this week. They're going over the social studies standards. Right now they have drafts for the social studies standards of high school courses. You can view those on the TEA website. We'll provide that link in next week's email. Uh, At the moment, they will be reviewing those drafts at the June SBOE meeting. So you wanna be keeping up with our emails, with our Facebook page, so you can get involved and possibly testify at that June meeting to make sure that our social study standards are very positive. Uh, They teach kids about true American history um, and that they align with good uh, Christian values as well. Our team was at the Texas uh, Grassroots Conservative meeting last weekend in Tyler. Uh, We're also getting around the state. So we have members of our team at the Young Conservatives Convention of Texas uh, this weekend in Dallas. So if you're in Dallas for that convention, please say hi. We'll have a table there as well. And of course, uh, we have interim charges that have been released before the next legislative session. The Senate has reviewed an interim charge that will cover the Texas heartbeat law and how we can continue pro-life efforts next session and in the future after having that pro-life law passed. There's also some parental rights interim charge hearings that will be happening uh, between now and next session as well. So please stay updated with our organization so you can find out how you can get involved with those interim charges. And last but not least, mark your calendars for June 1st. We'll be having a nine-month celebration of at least 32,483 babies being born thanks to the Texas Heartbeat Law being passed. Uh, This event will be in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, so Lee uh, will probably be there as well. Um, You can travel to this event. We'll have more details about the location later on, but at the moment, it'll be a symposium that will close with a lunch So you'll learn a lot of good information about the Texas heartbeat law from our team uh, that was there fighting for that law 
and has been fighting for it and educating the public for it since then as well. Well, that's all for the Texas Values Report. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next week here at Texas Values. Thanks and have a good weekend.